Kelly and Cindy, if they're not here, you can talk to me and I'll, uh, I'll give you more information about it. Um, hey, thanks for coming during the snow and uh, ice that we had. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I know it's a, um, uh, it's a thing that's going on today. Everybody's starting to wear, wear red for some reason today. And, um, and so, yeah. And so I'm going to be teaching today on prayer, how you can pray for the chiefs. No, I'm just joking. But we are, <laughs> we are going to teach on prayer. But, you know, you can pray for the chiefs. And uh, it's okay. I don't know what happens when you do that, but um, you can pray. You can pray for our, the welfare of our city, and I believe them winning is a good thing for our city. Amen? And, uh, but um, I want you to follow along with me today. We're on, on a series called Forward, and it's talking about how we can move forward in the Lord during 2020. And so I want to lay some foundations. I'm going to be uh, talking about prayer this week and next week. And, uh, and then in February, I'm going to start a series on the Holy Spirit, okay? And so you can uh, go on your bulletin right now, or you can click on our app, and there should be notes, sermon notes there. If you're watching on uh, our live broadcast, you can uh, click on the app and get to those sermon notes right there where you're at. Okay, so we're going to be talking about today about prayer, about really connecting with God. And a lot of times we think of prayer, we have this kind of religious understanding of it, and I, I, let me just be honest with you. I think mo, when I talk to most Christians, they're frustrated when they pray um, because um, they don't feel like they've done enough or they know how to pray. And uh, I don't know about you. I mean, that's, that's the way I was. It just doesn't come naturally to me to pray. Um, uh, you say, Sean, well, you're, you're a pastor. Well, it's just not, it doesn't seem natural to me. And I used to have to just really work at it and uh, force myself to pray because um, I just had some just uh, wrong understanding of what prayer is. And, uh, and so I, and I think a lot of, most Christians are intimidated by prayer. Um, uh, you hold hands uh, and around a circle. I mean, God did, a, did that before where you, you've held hands around a circle and everyone's praying and, and uh, you kind of feel awkward about even praying or you... Uh, or you go into your, your bedroom and to pray and you, you really, your mind just wanders and you really don't do a lot of praying. I remember one time my church had a, when I was, uh, got saved, they had a, um, an uh, overnight prayer. How many guys have been to one of those overnight prayer meetings? And uh, um, we've actually done them here. And, um, and I remember going into that prayer meeting, I'm all fired up as a young person. I'm going to go in there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray all night. And so I... I start praying, man. I get, I find just a, a place I can be alone uh, in the sanctuary. Basically, that's where we're, a lot of us were praying, and uh, and I so I got down, got on, got all my knees, and I got one of the chairs. I think it was a pews back then, and uh, and I just started praying. I prayed for everybody. I mean, I prayed for everybody, everything I knew what to pray for. I prayed for all my friends, all my family, my distant cousins. I started to go around the world and every nation. I found, I, I prayed for, I prayed for every nation, and I, I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm, I'm storming the gates of hell with my prayers. I'm, I'm telling you what, I, everybody, every, every demon on this earth is fleeing because I'm praying, and, uh, and I looked down at my watch, it had been 15 minutes. <laughs> I have the rest of the, I've already prayed for all that I knew what to pray for. And, uh, and I really started to really feel bad, and, uh, especially when I, I actually fell asleep. Um, I felt bad about my prayer time, and uh, I didn't know why. 
I didn't feel like I was spiritual enough to be a prayer warrior. And I believe all of us are. That if you're a born-again believer, that means you've given your life to Jesus today. That God wants you to connect with him in prayer. On an ongoing basis. Not just on, on special prayer meetings. But every single day. I feel like even a lot of times, and uh, I'll get on a soapbox. I'm going to get off of it real quickly. If I don't, shake your finger at me. I believe we even made prayer meetings. Um, you have to be entertained in prayer meetings to pray. If I, I do just a little prayer, I always pray up here on Saturday mornings, and uh, um, uh, and uh, I, we we have we it's just really just for men. I have to put put it that way because I'm it could be the only one here, but um, but don't expect me to entertain you. I'm going to put on some s slow music and I'm gonna, we're going to sit down and I'm going to pray. Um, but I'm, I'm not praying to entertain you. I'm praying, praying to the Lord. And sometimes our prayer meetings can be that way, where we're entertaining. Because, And this is the reason. Because I believe most Christians don't really know how to pray effectively in their life and have that kind of prayer, prayer life. And so um, I really believe that we need to have that. I believe we need to learn to connect to God on an ongoing basis because God didn't create prayer for us to feel guilt, right? He didn't create prayer for us to not, not enjoy it. It, it shouldn't be um, something that we, we, we look, it should be that we look forward to, to praying. We get something out of it. God, we, we meet, guess what? We meet with God. I knew a guy that when, the, and you don't have to do this, this is just him. But I knew a guy that would, um, he would go and dress in a three-piece suit. To go pray to God. Now, I don't think you have to do that. That was just his conviction. Now, he's from South America, and you know, he, he just wanted to do that. That was his heart to do that. And so every time he would go to pray, he says, it's like if I went to visit the president of the, of the United States, he told me, that, that I would dress up. And so if I'm going to meet with God, I'm going to dress up. And I says, well, I, I think you're full of it. But anyway... Um, but there's an honor that he had for the Lord. And, but there was something that he was getting out of it. He met with the Lord. This man knew how to pray. See, Jesus came to earth, and when he came to earth, he, he was constantly sharing radical, controversial at that time, revolutionary ideas. And he really exploded the myth about prayer. And he taught us that prayer really is not a guilt producer, but it's, it can be an anxiety reliever, right? It can relieve stress. It can, it, can, it, it can make the world out there pass away in those times of prayer. And it's just you and Almighty God. And that's why we can come boldly before his throne. He taught us that prayer is not a dreaded obligation, but it's a wonderful pr privilege. And you've got to think of prayer as this. It's an opportunity for you and I. That because of Jesus and what Jesus did, he opened up the avenue for us to come into the throne room of Almighty God and sit at his feet and sit in his presence and talk with God, that God actually wants to connect with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And that's what really prayer is. Prayer is not just going to him when I'm in trouble. Prayer is connecting relationally with God Almighty. Just like I would connect with you relationally, we're going to talk to each other. We're going we're to have conversation. We're going 
we're gonna we're gonna talk about hopefully if it's if it's a, a friend relationship. Um, we're going to talk about deep things, but God wants to even go deeper than that. He wants a, a, a father, a good father would talk to his, his kids. And he wants to come into us and he wants to talk with us about the deep things. Not just your deep things. He wants to talk to you about his deep things, the mysteries of God. You know, He wants to reveal those to you and I. And so it's a, it's a privilege to pray. In fact, we should get to the point in our prayer life, and this is my prayer for 2020, is that we become men and women of prayer. That we look forward to going and, and sitting in the presence of God. And, I, and we don't have to have uh, all, the, all the lights and everything else. Uh, we could do that in our bedrooms and, and just worship the Lord and sit at his feet and enjoy the presence of God. Whether he talks to you or not, you're going to enjoy it because you know in the presence of God there's fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Amen? It's about him and him hearing us. And us hearing him, that's what prayer is. It's his spirit, the very spirit of God, the Holy Spirit connecting to our spirits uh, that all of us, both of us are connecting to one another and we know him. It's about real fellowship, heart-to-heart talks, conversation. Deuteronomy 8.3 says this, Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord, his written word and his spoken word, you know, Jesus describes it this way in John chapter 10, verse 4. He says, when he has brought us, brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Sheep follow him because they know his voice. See, this is, this is where we as believers need to be in 2020 and beyond. We need to hear his voice. And we hear his voice because we are communicating to him. We know his voice. When my wife calls, I don't have to ask, who is it? She doesn't like that, by the way. <laughs> when she calls, and I, I, it, of course it tells me her name, but I know my wife's voice. I know her voice. She knows my voice. There's intimacy there. See, when we connect on a consistent basis with the Lord, you begin to hear his voice. And guess what happens when you get to know God? When you know his voice and you, and because you have this consistent prayer life, you trust him. You don't trust someone you don't know. Right? You don't trust someone you don't know. I, I believe this, and I believe God is working in your life, and a lot of times you don't know that he's working. I believe there's things going on in your life, there's protection, right? I believe he's protecting you, I believe there's things he's moving in your life, and we don't really see it. But I tell you what, someone who has a consistent prayer life sometimes, you're going to be able to hear, hear his voice and see it, and you're going to know it. Because he's going to show you those things. Because he wants you to know what he's doing in your life. Because he wants to prove himself faithful. Because he wants you to trust him. So when he tells you some things in his word, then you're, you're going to look at his word and you're going to know it and you're going to trust it. No matter what. No matter what goes on in your life, you're going to trust it because you know him. And here's the secret on how to do this. It can't be a Sunday thing only. 
We're not just called to be Christians on Sunday. You all know that, right? We're called to be Christians throughout our life. So the way we do this, it has prayer, it has to become a lifestyle. It has to be a lifestyle of prayer. Now, now turn to John, the book of John, chapter 15, verse 4. And I believe you, you get into this. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, it's, it's not easy. If you feel like prayer is hard, um, you just got to push through that, that moment of uneasiness. You got to press through. And trust me, it gets better and better and better. John 15, verse 4 says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. So Jesus is saying here, Remain in me. So we never leave his presence. You don't leave the presence of God. Jesus went away so we could have the presence of God in us. You're born again in here. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the, the, the Holy Spirit inside of you. You don't leave the presence of God. You've got to recognize the Holy Spirit. But you, you remain in me and I remain in you. You acknowledge that prayer helps you acknowledge God and his spirit. Prayer helps you acknowledge that. That I'm, I'm doing this all, all the time. I'm having this lifestyle. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. We can't be fruitful. You want to be successful as a believer. You, you and I need God. You and I need Jesus and we need the Holy Spirit, Right? So he says, no branch can bear fruit of itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing, right? We need him. And what prayer does, it, it connects us to the Lord. And, it's, and a lot of times we think, it, oh, I, I have to pray hours and hours and hours each day. And I think that's the misconception that you think that you have to have this long, long, long time of prayer. And, and you can. And the more you pray, the more you want to do that, right? Smith Wigglesworth, who was a great evangelist, he, he did many, many miracles. He's from England. He said this. He says, never pray, he says, I never pray more than 20 minutes, but I never go more than 20 minutes without praying. Let me read it again. I never pray for more than 20 minutes, but I never go more than 20 minutes without praying. See, prayer has to become a lifestyle. You and I need to learn to pray. Now, there are times, I'll talk about it in a minute, that we need those times where we're set apart but man, I go throughout my day and I'm praying. All the time, pray. Recognize the Lord. In your jobs, when you're out on just driving, when you're commuting, when you're going to the store, wherever you're doing, pray. Recognize the Lord and talk with Him. And start to learn His voice is so important. So how can I, I'm going to give you some points on how you can make prayer a lifestyle. Number one is time. You've got to make time. Make a daily appoint, appointment with the Lord. Make it a priority with time. Just make some day, where, some part of the day where you say, God, I'm definitely giving you this. This is the way we start to make it a lifestyle. Daniel 6.10, now look what Daniel is here. He's in an ungodly country, Right? He's in a place that they don't worship the Lord. And, and of course, this is coming. He needs to bow down. He's not going to do it. In Daniel 6, 10. He says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went 
home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God. Now this wasn't the only time he did it. Look what it says, just as he had done before. See, a lot of time our appointment with God is, is on a rush and it's, and it's when I need to pray. I mean, there's something going wrong in my life. And um, the thing about it is, there was something going wrong here in Daniel's life, but he already created that time. He had done this before. This wasn't something that he just had to do because he's in trouble. This is what he does. He's a man of prayer. And so I want to encourage you, you've got to make time for, with the Lord. And it doesn't have to be hours, just, just create some time. And I like to start my day. I'm not saying that you have to do that. I think it's a good thing you do that. I like to start my day with the Lord. I get up at least an hour earlier than I usually do, would have to, to pray. To get in his word and to pray and to listen to his voice. Now, sometimes you can get up, you can do whatever you want to do it doesn't have the time isn't as important how much time as you do as the lord is leading you to do it and you do it by faith and you get in there and you make that time with the lord that's so important daniel had this time he was con constantly praying he had this thing going on all of his life just make some time if it's not in the morning make it some other time during the day make it in the evening before you go to bed I personally, I like to, I like to, make, I have an appointment with the Lord at, at real early in the morning when I get up, and then at the end of the day is when my appointment is with the Lord. And throughout the day, and I'll talk about it in a minute, I pray all the time. But, but early in the morning and in the evening, now this is my personal prayer time with the Lord. This is not because I'm, I'm a pastor of Cornerstone Church. I have other prayer times I do that for the church where, where I'm praying, praying for you, but this is my personal. This is what I would do if I was just going and working another job. I would pray. This is how I would pray. I would wake up a little earlier and I would pray in the evening and then throughout the day as, as I have, have the ability to do so. Daniel prayed. He did something. He wasn't worried about what was going on in Babylon. Why was that? Because he knew where the answer comes from just as he did before. You know, we're on this 21 days of prayer and fasting. And listen, if you haven't started, start today. Fast something, you know, whether it's food or time, but, but get more time into, into prayer. Get more time in, into worship and in the word of God. Because it takes 21 days to create a habit. You don't have to do it on our schedule. You can do it now. You can do it anytime. But take... Get, it takes 21 days to create a habit. Start, start making prayer a habit. But you've got to schedule it. Well, Sean, I just want to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's fine if that works for you. But sometimes we are led by the Holy Spirit by organizing our life, right? I find it this way. My time is stolen if I don't create times for the Lord. That's me. My time can be stolen from the Lord because there's always people had needs. There's always things going on, and uh, there's if you if you can go ask Bethany, she can you can look on my schedule. And there's times, uh, especially here, prayer and the Word on my schedule, study time and prayer. I have to schedule it. If I don't schedule it, it will be stolen from me. 
right? The enemy loves to steal your time. Because if he can steal your time, that's time away from the things probably that are, are more necessary in your life. Listen, you, don't, you want me as a pastor scheduling time for prayer. Because uh, I, I, I'm nothing. Remember the verse Jesus said? I'm nothing without Jesus. I'm nothing without him. You're nothing without him. We need to. So schedule a time. Number two, get in a place. There's a place that God has for you where you're going to be un, not, not distracted. My place is up upstairs. Sometimes my place is in the bathroom. Don't look at me like that. We all do it. You know, but I, I, have, a, I have a schedule. So I, I, early in the morning, because none of my family likes to wake up early. And, uh, and at, at night, because none of my family likes to go to bed early. So I go to bed. I'm up in my room, 8.30 or 9. I'm not sleeping. I'm praying. I'm hearing the voice of the Lord. I like to write down some things. and I actually type them down, but... But, but because I want to I think on those things throughout my evening and, and, and the rest of my evening and when I sleep and when I wake up, I'm actually thinking about what God is telling me in the next morning. So important. But I have a place that's, and my, my family knows that's what I'm doing. Don't distract me. There's no TV in my bedroom. Because it would distract me. And so you have to get a place that's conducive for prayer. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says, Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up and he left the house. You know, most people, when, back then, when they, were, when they were, they were actually a lot of times in one room. And I don't know exactly if that's what the case here was, but most likely they were, they were in one big room sleeping. And so Jesus gets up early. He leaves the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He went to a place that no one was, somewhere where no one can distract him. It, it was such an, if it was important to Jesus, it should be important to us, right? So not only have time, schedule a time, but schedule a place. Go to a place where no one's going to distract you. And then number three, have a plan. We need a plan, especially if you feel like prayer is an obligation, and, and I, like I said before, it, that was with me. I have to have, a, even today, I have a plan of prayer. Because number one, I am ADD a little bit. I, my mind goes everywhere when you're praying, right? And so I, I don't want my mind to go everywhere. I want to have a plan. This is where I'm going at. Now, it's not the whole plan. I don't have everything. But it's the start of what God wants me to do. And so you need to have a plan, especially if you feel that, oh, I've got to go prayer. Just have a plan. Every time you pray, you start out this way. So the disciples came to Jesus in Luke chapter 11. And he asked them, they asked him this. He said, one day Jesus was praying, verse 1, in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. They, wanted to, they saw Jesus praying. They're saying, man, I want to get some of that. I want, to, I want to know how he does that. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. There's other versions of that a little longer, and it goes on 
to some other worship stuff. See, this is actually not, not just a, a prayer that we pray. That's not what you're saying. This is, almost, this is a model type of prayer where prayer begins with worship. It says, hallowed be thy name. Father, hallowed be in your name. We worship you. We thank you. You are the king. You are awesome. You are great. I mean, it begins with worship. I, I always begin my prayer with worship because my mind has been running either all morning or all day and I need, I need some things to get me focused. I want to be focused to hear the voice of God. I want to, I want to worship him and not, not worship my needs, my, my worries. I want to get those out of the way. I don't want to just run to God. God, I need help. I want, to, I want to run to God and say, God, I love you and I trust you. I want to worship him. And he says, you're keen to come. And he's, he's praying his will. Then give us our day, each day our daily bread. You pray your needs. And then forgive us of our sins. You repent. Sometimes you have to repent of your own stuff. How many guys are perfect in here? Now you're perfect inside, we know that. But how many guys, you sin. You, you do some things wrong. You could be thinking things wrong. Sinning means miss the mark. You could believe the word wrong. It could be, be sin. But we come before the throne of God and receive. And I'll show you this here in a minute. So we, we repent and, then, and lead us not in temptation and then for thine is the kingdom and glory and power forever. We worship again. You know, that's, that's really my model of praying. As I begin and end with worship. I pray his will. God, show me your will. And so let me go through some things that I really believe, Paul, this will help you in your prayer time. Because I want to give you three dimensions of prayer where you can connect to the Lord. In three ways, three different ways here as you're praying these things. Three dimensions. Paul um, helped us out in this to, to get us started. He says in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, he says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So I want you to connect with the Lord. I want you to have time. I want you to have a place and I want you to have a plan. And in this plan, I want you to connect with the Lord. Now, God is so vast. He's he is a three-part being. He's expressed in three and one called the Trinity. And each one of them have different roles. And it's described in what Paul says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you are. So let's look at these one at a time. Uh, number one, the amazing grace of Jesus. So when I'm praying, I'm worshiping the Lord and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to receive the grace of God to do these things. The amazing grace of Jesus. The first thing we should do is connect with Jesus, the Savior. See, God wants you to connect with who he is completely. See, in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, you would always go to the brazen altar. You must go there first. And, and this is Jesus' role here for us today is to give you grace because you and I need it. We need grace. God, I, I want your grace. I want your enablement. God, I want to pray. I want to connect with you. And I thank you for mercy. I thank you for grace, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. And he can give you grace for anything. This is the reason why, because he knows what you've been through. So you connect to the Lord. Sometimes we're going to the Lord because we're sad or we're depressed or we're hurt and we have pain or, or even we've sinned. You go, go to Jesus immediately. 
Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You connect to Jesus immediately. We need the grace of God. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my powers may be imperfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ may rest on me. I need his grace, and you need to get in there and get to his grace. Because I'm going to be honest with you, most of the time we start out in the flesh when we're going into prayer. And we need to connect to Jesus and receive all that he did at the cross. That's what it means to come to the cross, is really to die to ourselves, lay everything down, and God, I, 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 I'm weak, I need you, Lord, and I thank you for Jesus. And he understands everything the Bible says that you and I are going through. And so you need Jesus in your life. You need to connect to him every day in prayer. Cry out for grace in every area of your life in your finances, in your marriage, in your, in your relationships, in your emotion, in your family, in your jobs, whatever it is, cry out for the grace of God. Get it. We need to connect to the grace of God through Jesus. And the second part of the Trinity we need to connect to is the extravagant love of the Father. We need to connect to God. God is love. So after we connect to Jesus, we connect to God the Father. Our focus is on worship and submission. You approach the Father God with worship. My friend from, from South America, he, he, would, he, would get, he would dress up because he felt like an, that was on, giving God honor and, and, and that, that I respect you. You know, any kid in the Bible, when they would come to the Father, they would kneel down to him as honor and respect and the Father would bless them. When we approach the Father, we approach in that way. It's not just the kneeling. It's the heart that, God, you are, you are king. You are God. You are my Father, and I trust you, and I give you everything. Jesus, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, for this reason I kneel before the Father. doesn't mean you crawl in a lowly state. Instead, you come and you sit at his feet like someone who loves you. You connect with the, the love of the Father, both in love and respect. It's a healthy fear. You connect to him because he loves you so much. Psalms 103, verse 8 through 13 says this. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse nor will harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to his, our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgression from us, as the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. That word fear, Jesus changed in the New Testament as worship. It's a type of honor, of worship. And something great happens at this time. When we come to Jesus, Jesus opened the door to come to the Father. That's what Jesus did at the cross. He gave us a way to receive all that God has for us. We receive the grace and mercy. 
with Jesus. And then we come to the Father and we receive his love. You know what happens then? You learn to trust God. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding comes in. You are connecting with the Father God. And I know a lot of people have poor relationships with their dads. And, and, uh, but this is somebody that's greater that would never let you down. Connect with the grace of Jesus. He's been there. He's done it. He knows he's been, he's been tempted like you have. He's felt those things. He understands you and then connect with the love of the Father. And this is where we learn that trust because he's good and he is willing to help you. And then number three, third part of the Trinity, is you build that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is very important. And I'm going to talk about more in the Holy Spirit in February. But you focus on that relationship. This is an ongoing lifestyle of prayer. This is someone who lives inside of you as a believer. See, Jesus went away. And a lot of times I've, I've heard people say this, well, if Jesus was walking right beside me, I, I, would, I would feel really great. It would, be a lot, it would be a lot easier. Well, the thing about it is he's done, he's done something better. His spirit is now inside of us. That's why he told his disciples, I've got to leave so this one may come. He's inside of you. So you have, you, you, you have conversations with God. You can have that all day. He's there. He's connected with your spirit man inside of you. You pray from your friendship and your fellowship. You know, good morning, Lord. I mean, you, you do this throughout the day. It's, it, God just doesn't show up when you come into your place and during your time. He is there with you all the time. And you begin to realize and you learn to develop a friendship with Him, the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor, comforter to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. This is where we learn how to be a believer, is with him. This is how we learn how to be spiritual, is with the Holy Spirit. He's called, in the Greek, parakletos, which literally means call to one side. He's the intercessor, advocate, friend. And here's what happened. When you learn to develop this relationship, you're going to experience his presence filled with the Spirit, continually filling, like Ephesians says all the time, filled with that, all that power, that ability, everything that God has with the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, which we'll talk about in a, in a couple of weeks. That you'll have that in your day. You'll have that time where you're, you need that long-suffering because of your boss, right? Or your kids or your, or your spouse. You'll have that love that, that you need all the time. You'll have that gift of faith when you need it. The gift of miracles and healings whenever you need it. Whatever you need, it's in you because of the Holy Spirit as you need it. Isn't that great? I can't wait to the, talk about the Holy Spirit. That is great. And when we start connecting and realizing, that's what I talked about a couple weeks ago, is that we don't, a lot of Christians don't realize who they are and what they have. We have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of us. God is not way up there. He's in here. When you connect to Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, all of them, you get everything that they are. 
Love that. Isaiah 40, 31. It's just a great verse. But it says, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. How do we do this? It's because of the Holy Spirit inside of us. You can't do it. Jesus already says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. We can't do anything of ourselves. We need God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the grace that Jesus provided for us. We need the love, the extravagant love of the Father. And we need the power and the friendship of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So you connect to him. And when we do that, you, you soar like eagles. Eagles don't flap and flap. It's not a hard thing. They soar. They soar all around. I mean, I tell you what, I, I saw a bald eagle when I was golfing one time. And I held up everybody because I couldn't move. It was so majestic to see that thing fly. Soar. It's just effortless. Connect with Jesus. Connect with the Father. Connect in the Holy Spirit through prayer. Prayer should be this exciting presence filled, encouraging, transformational appointment with the Lord all throughout your day. When you learn to live this lifestyle of prayer and get this in you, it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. You're going to see it and you're going to want to do it. That's what I do when I pray. I come into my room. I turn on some worship music because I want to slow my mind, but I want to get into I just I want to connect with him. I, I don't want any kind of things. I lay everything aside. I start to sing and I start to worship and I sing one or two as the, as the Holy Spirit leads me during that time. I begin to connect to Jesus. Jesus, I thank you. Without you, I'm nothing. I give you all. I cast my cares on you. I lay every weight and sin. It slows me down. I give it to you. And I thank you for all you've done. If I need to, I repent of thoughts that I've had, sin, whatever it is. I repent. God, I'm, I ask your forgiveness. I thank you for forgiving me. I receive the grace to be like Jesus right now and from now on. Thank you, Lord. I begin to even tell him my weaknesses. How many of you guys have weaknesses? My fears, my depression, my worries after that. Because he understands them. God, I receive your grace. You haven't given me a spirit of fear. You haven't caused me to be depressed. You called me to live victorious, but I need you. I can't do this life without you. I need you. I receive his grace, and I get on my knees, and I just start to worship God, and I say, God, I receive your love. I receive your acceptance. I go to that throne room of God. I talk to my dad, right? I talk to my father. I receive his love for me. It's one of the most powerful things that you can receive is the love of Jesus and the love that God has for you. Then I say, God, I receive the power of your Holy Spirit. I ask the Holy Spirit to give me revelation because he's there to teach us, instruct us, to lead us. 
I may need his comfort. I may need his, I definitely need the presence of God. I believe God wants to give you a revelation on that prayer today. I do that and I just, I, sometimes I can get lost in my prayer. I love it. I love it. I get lost. I'll, 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 I'll even, you know, throughout the day, that's my, my time when I, when I work, when I, when I uh, have that time in the morning and the evening. I'll start to do this on my drive home or my drive to appointment. I'll miss my exit. I do it all the time. I'm thinking, I just start laughing. Before, if I miss my exit, I'd get mad. But, but when I'm in that prayer time and I'm just thinking, God, I just love you and I just thank you. I don't want to go to my appointment. I want to, I want to stay in my car, you know, because that's how good God is. I want to challenge you. Take these notes. Just start. Get a plan. Start out with a time. Order your life around the Lord. Get an appointment with God. He's free up. Trust me. Anytime, any day, He's free. Make that appointment. Get a place and have a plan. Connect with the Lord in every single area. Amen? Connect with Him. And watch your prayer life change. Watch it become exciting. Amen? And when you tell people, I'll pray for you on Facebook, you actually do it because you want to. Because you start seeing answers to your prayer. You start seeing God show up at your prayer meeting. He's actually there. You'll feel him. Watch God move. Watch God speak to you throughout the day as you're giving him some time, you're recognizing him, and you're talking to the Holy Spirit. Amen? 2020, to move forward, prayer is going to have to be increased in our lives. No matter where you're at in your prayer life, increase it and watch God move. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads, let's close our eyes.